significance do you feel that plays within our lives when it comes to the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? What were the effects? I want some brainstorming, uh, just to understand what what did Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam do for me and you? Uh huh. Okay. So when it comes to the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who has heard the term Sirah? I'm breaking it down because I just want to kind of gauge and see what, especially the younger brothers, that which tech, which terminologies they understand and which terminologies, terminologies they don't understand. Has anyone heard of the term Sirah? Even sisters, please, you can answer as well. Yeah? Sirah, do I need to handpick someone to say, what does, Bilal, yes. Uh, what do we refer to when we say Sirah? Yes, you can say straight path. But that's a bit of a loose translation. Uh, anyone else? I don't want to put anyone on the spot, so I'd prefer if someone just... <laughs> Life of the Prophet. Life of the Prophet, exactly. So Sira itself, linguistically, Sara Yasiru means to walk. Sira is a method of walking, right? So that method, the, the, we're talking about the life of Rasulullah, the way he walked on earth, the way he spent his life on this... Uh, and the only details that I want to kind of expound on and elaborate on today in particular is there's many great people in history, right? We have Isa ibn Maryam, salam. We have Musa, salam. We have great messengers from Adam all the way to the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have other great people in history. We have military leaders, we have Alexander the Great, we have Napoleon, we have great thinkers, philosophers, right? Have we heard of any philosophers, Aristotle, etc.? So these are all great people who came to the earth, who had their teachings, their understandings, etc., and they gave something to humanity. And what I'd like to outline and highlight in particular is why is the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam our only role model living in this time? Why is it that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the only possible ideal that we can take in our life and follow his example? And I'm going to take just four points and I won't take much of your time inshallah. So the first point, and I'm taking these points from a very revered scholar in the subcontinent by the name Sayyid Suleiman Nadwi, Rahmatullah Alaihi. He has a number of lectures that he gave on the seerah which were compiled in the form of khutbat e madras and in this these particular lectures he talks about why is it only the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam who is worthy of following in this time so he says that for any historical person to actually be a role model there's four criteria the first being that Everything that comes from that person to us has to be historically sound. Now, when we look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we see that the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam's entire life has been preserved for us to see today. We can see the Messenger's life as though we were living in that time. That's why one of the Arab authors, I think, I believe it was uh, Sheikh Al Qarni, maybe or Al-Arifi, I'm not sure which one, but they wrote a book, Muhammad Ka'annaka Tarah. The Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as though you can see him. That was the title of the book. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's life, and I'm going to use a particular 
give reference to a particular Orientalist scholar at this point. There was an Orientalist scholar. Orientalist scholars, does anyone know what Orientalism is? Orientalism, a study, a, his, a critical study of the East. Obviously, there's a lot of background uh, in terms of when it was, came into being and what were the processes, etc. But that's very technical, so we don't need to go into that. But this particular Orientalist scholar, he wrote a book on the life of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he wasn't exactly very nice. He was very critical of the life of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But I just want to quote one thing, and I want to read from here. He says, There is no nation in this world, nor has there ever been, who can match the Muslims in Asma'ul Rijal, through which we can find the extensive biographies of half a million reporters. So the Muslims, in preserving the life of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, preserved the lives of 500,000 men and women. So if you wanted to narrate a hadith, you wanted to narrate something from Rasulullah, you had to, you were guilty until proven innocent. You had to prove what quality you bought in terms of that reporting. It wasn't the case where anyone can come and say, yes, the messenger was so and so and so and so and so and so. So they were very, very critical. And if we compare that without sounding as though we are discriminating against other messengers, but when we look at the life of Isa alayhi salam, Historically, there's not much we can go from. The four Gospels, the popular Gospels, even them, the authors are disputed. It is disputed that who were these people? Did they even meet Jesus Christ? And when it comes to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, every single scholar, you speak to a scholar and say that, what is your chain of narration to the Messenger? They can name every single individual from themselves to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and give you an extensive biography of that person. When he was born, what he did for a living, how he spent his life, how many siblings did he have, which cities he lived in, which cities he sought knowledge from. So this, was, this is one of the beauties of Islam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserving the Quran, at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserved the life of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa completely. And we will go into detail of that. If we look at the genres of hadith, so we use the term hadith. Hadith refers to, my young friends, the sayings, the actions, and the approvals of Rasulullah. That, that is hadith. So the first thing is the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa for example, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ar-Rahimun Rahman wa ta'ala. That's a hadith, a verbal hadith. The second example would be that the Prophet sallallahu did something. So the Sahaba narrate that the Messenger sallallahu when praying, he raised his hands. That's a hadith of his action. And the third is when in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu something was done or performed or said, and he remained silent. That was the approval of Rasulullah sallallahu Otherwise, the Messenger sallallahu would never let anything prohibited take place in his presence. So when we look in the genre, so the hadith is just one genre. Just for you to understand the extensive work of Muslim scholarship throughout the ages in preserving. We are preserving these hundreds and thousands of lives, not because we're interested in their lives, because we're interested in one life and that is the messenger. So when we look at the genres of the life, the, the, the different genres, sirah, hadith is one genre. Another genre is sirah. So Sira collections were completely separate. So the Sira compilations from the early days were separate to the books of Hadith. Bukhari is a book of Hadith. Tirmizi is a book of Hadith. 
Abu Dawood is a book of hadith. But then in the Sira genre, we had Ibn Ishaq, uh, Ibn Ishaq, we have Ibn Hisham. We had these different compilations taking place where the objectives of those writers were that we don't want to just preserve everything. We want to give a chronological outline of the life of the messenger from birth to death. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then we have the Maghazi. That's a separate genre. A Maghazi just relating to the expeditions that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took part in. So from Badr all the way to the Fath and the conquest of Makkah. Every single expedition, this is a particular genre. Scholars would talk about this specifically. Then we have Tariq. So the books of Tariq, we have uh, the Tariq of um, Ibn Khaldun. We have the Tariq of Ibn Kathir. We have the Tariq. So these were books of Tariq, which was history. And in that book, those books of history, they would begin with the life of the Messenger wasallam in its entirety. Then we have the books of Qutb al-Dala'ir. Dala'ilun Nubuwa of Bayhaqi, for example. So these were books that were compiled very early on on the proofs of prophethood. Why is Muhammad a messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Why is he the true final messenger of Allah on earth? So these were books and genres that were compiled. Then we have the Shama'il. So Shama'il of Tirmidhi, which is very popular. It's actually, when it's printed nowadays, you find, you book, find a comp- compilation of Imam Tirmidhi's hadith, Jami'at Tirmidhi. You will find at the back the Shama'il. The Shama'il is joint on. So the Shama'il focused on the mannerisms of Rasulullah. From the way he spoke to the way he, the way he ate, to the way he conducted himself, the way he talked to other people. Everything is compiled within the Shama'il genre. So going on from that, so that was the historical soundness aspect. When we look at the life of Rasulullah, it is historically sound. To the extent where uh, Christian biographers who have attempted to rewrite the life of Jesus alayhi salatu wasalam, have failed. Academics would actually say that it is, it is something not worthwhile doing because we have very limited resources. And if we were to lie, write the, rewrite the life of Rasulullah, the, the material is there. Everything is there. It's just about the collation and co- collaboration and that's already done. So we find that historically the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam, has been preserved on every single aspect. The second thing so Sayyid Suleiman Nadwi mentions is that for any person to be an example, for someone to take an example and an ideal and follow that person, their life has to be complete, completely in front of us. We need to know everything about this person. And when we look at the Prophet Wasallam's life, we find that the way Rasulullah Wasallam sat, the way Rasulullah Wasallam walked, the way Rasulullah Wasallam drank water, every single subtle, minute detail has been preserved. When the Prophet Wasallam, the Prophet Wasallam, uh, regarding his walking, the Sahaba would say, when Rasulullah would walk, uh, uh, he, he would walk in a, he would walk, walk in a brisk manner. He would walk very fast. And when, it, and then they describe it as well. It was as though he was climbing down from a mountain. That was the posture of Rasulullah. He wouldn't walk. When you climb down from a mountain, you can't exactly walk with your chest out, right? You have to come down a bit. You have to show a posture of humility. And that's how they would describe to that little minute detail. And just as an example, I want to just read the index from the Shama'il of Imam Tirmizi. Just read out a few, just to give you an example as to the complete, when we say complete life, what do we mean by complete life? The Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's personal experience. Personal appearance, sorry. That's the first chapter. 
Then Imam Tirmidhi continues, and I'm just going to read, just for you to get an idea of what's being preserved. His hair, sallallahu alayhi wa his comb, the number of gray hairs, his hair dye, his use of an eye-cleansing substance, his clothes, his daily life, his socks, his shoes, his ring, his sword. These are just chapter headings. And underneath, under these chapter headings, Imam Tirmidhi will bring hadith related to this. His sword, his armor, his helmet, his headdress, his trousers, his manner of walking, how he shielded his face with a piece of cloth, his manner of sitting, his bed and pillow, how he leaned back on his pillow, his food, his bread, the meat and soup that he ate, his manner of washing for prayers, the prayers he said before and after eating something, the bowl he used, the kinds of fruit he ate, what he drank, how he drank, his use of perfume, his manner of talking, the way he recited poetry, his way of telling stories at bedtime, his manner of sleeping, his manner of worship, the way he smiled, his sense of humor, his prayers in the early morning, his performance of optional prayers at home, his fasting, his recitation, his weeping and crying, his bed, his modesty, his kind manners, his haircut, his names, his lifestyle, his age, and his death, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All of this is just an index into the life of the Messenger ﷺ. So when we talk about completeness, we speak about the completeness of the life of the Messenger ﷺ, which was complete in every single aspect. When we look at the life of Rasulullah, even to the extent where his wives were allowed to narrate what happened within the house. Could you ever, you know, there's a famous hadith that many people may be aware, many of you might have heard. The Aisha radiallahu anha was once asked, What were the characteristics and the mannerisms of the messenger? And she replied, His akhlaq, his mannerisms, his, his disposition was the Quran manifesting in a human. But have we ever thought, who had the audacity to ask that question? Can you ever ask, think, I, I could never imagine, if I allowed someone, or if someone attempted to ask my wife, how is he at home? It's very personal. It's a personal space you're entering. But Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam's life was so complete and a means of learning and following for us that even his internal home life was allowed for, his wives were allowed to relate that. Even to the extent the mud of Rasulullah, the mud is the bowl and the basin that Rasulullah used for wudu. We have that preserved in its exact measurement. If you go onto eBay, you can you type in mud of Rasulullah M U D D. This is being sold now. You know the exact amount of water Rasulullah would use for for wudu, and it was Aisha radiallahu anha who narrated those hadith that how Rasulullah would use one mud mud for wudu and a few I can't remember the exact number, but she's got the exact number how many he would use whilst bathing. So this is the complete life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in front of us. And the third point. So the first point was historical soundness. Rasulullah's life is completely historically sound. Second, second point was the completeness of his life. Every single aspect is in front of us. We know where Rasulullah was at all times. So if we made a timeline of Sirah, we would be able to point out where he spent this year, what he did in those years. So exact amount of information is there. And the third point is where he says that for any person to be able to follow if we, if someone is worthy of following as an ideal, as an, as an example, the third and most important thing about their life is it should be comprehensive. It should be an ideal for every single person. And when we look at the life of Rasulullah, Rasulullah starts as a businessman in Makkah al-Mukarramah. 
He's an example for someone who wants to conduct business. He lives the life of an orphan as a child. He's an example for those who may lose their parents. When we look at Rasulullah he's oppressed in Makkatul Mukarramah. He's an example for the oppressed. When we look at the life of Rasulullah, he's an example for the rulers and he was a ruler of Madinatul Munawwara. In every single as aspect, Rasulullah provides an example and lessons for every single one of us to take. And that is why the Prophet وسلم, his seerah, his teachings are timeless. It doesn't matter which era you live in. Allah sent his final messenger and ensured that his life was made timeless. His teachings were timeless. That they would live through different ages and eras and provide a source of spirituality for every single person. And the final point that Sayyid Suleiman Nadwi Rahmatullah mentions is that for anyone to be an example, their life has to be practical. If they're teaching something, great philosophers came, they called, taught great philosophies. What was their practice? And when we look at the life of Rasulullah we find that he was a leading example in every single thing he taught. Today I can sit here and lecture you about something. I can teach you something. It doesn't mean I practice it. Right? We, 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 we are humans. We, we're prone to error. We can make error. Right? And we all have our weaknesses. But I can sit here and comfortably say to you that you do this and this will happen. And this is what Islam teaches. Doesn't mean I practice it in my, my real life, my actual life, my living life. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's example, he led by example sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We see that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he lived in Makkatul Mukarramah. He faced poverty. He faced every difficulty. And then when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught great mannerisms to the extent where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on one occasion, he was asked by a Sahabi. And now just, I want you to take a moment and just comprehend this. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sahaba, just the questioning we can learn so much from. Many times we ask questions, baseless questions, questions that have no meaning, that have no reality. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, he's, he's one of the Sahaba, they say to Rasulullah, they ask him, Ya Rasulullah, who, what action will take me to Jannah? What action will take people to Jannah? The one action that takes huge amounts of people to Jannah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Taqwa Allah wa husnul khuluq. Two things. That you have the fear of Allah and you have good character. Good mannerisms. And in this right, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam led by example. We see that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if we look at the mercy and the examples and the, the mannerisms of Rasulullah, they were amazing. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went through hardship and he forgave those who gave him hardship. Rasulullah was exiled from Makkah. He returns to Makkah as a conqueror. And just imagine, you and your companions have been exiled from Makkah. And we're not going to leave you alone. You went to Medina, we're going to follow you to Medina. We're going to fight multiple battles with you. You come back and we're not allowing you to enter into Makkatul Mukarramah. And now you come back as a conqueror and just imagine the human emotion and the human you know, need for revenge. So when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is coming back from, and he's coming to the Makkah to conquer Makkah, one of the Sahaba shout out and they say, Al-Yawmu Yawmul Malhama. Today we will, we will chop heads. We will kill people. We will retaliate. We will butcher these people as they butchered our families. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at that point, at a critical point like that, he says, Al-Yawmu Yawmul Malhama. Change this slogan. 
Today is the day we will show mercy to the Quraysh. We will show mercy and this is the mercy and rahmah that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was sent with. And he exemplified in his own life and he became a means of being a, an example for all of us even today. Today. So my dear respected brothers, when we look at the life of Rasulullah, we learn that it is complete in every single aspect. I didn't want to go into more detail in the seerah aspect. I just wanted to focus on these four points. That Rasulullah is a timeless example for every single person, man or woman. And why is he a timeless example? We gave the example that his life is historically sound. It is complete. It is comprehensive. And it is practical. We can take practical examples from the life of Rasulullah. So in this month of Rabi' al-Awwal, we look back and we really make a change in our life. What do I mean by changing in our life? I mean, we reconnect, or actually, not even reconnect. We connect with the life of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa We connect with his life. What would be an example of that? In the month of Rabi'ul al-Awwal, let me learn about the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa Let me take a book of seerah. Let me make that an, a habit that I'm going to read about the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa life. In this month, in this blessed month. So we pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us all the ability to act upon what has been said in terms of taking examples from the life of Rasulullah and really knowing our messenger. Because that is a failure on our part. We, we do not know our messenger. We speak of him, we talk of him, we write about him, we, 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 we're ready to give our lives for him, but we don't understand his message. You know, Muslims, especially when uh, the Prophet sallallahu is made a target of hate and abuse, we, see, we, we, we want to do everything. Oh, we will do this. How dare they insult our messenger? You don't know your messenger. You're, you're more insulting to the messenger. That you claim to follow him, but yet you don't know anything about his life, sallallahu alayhi wa So we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us all the ability to really in this month, take a practical approach that we have, we have shuyukh like Sheikh Yawar in the community, you know, who have written extensively on seerah. We can really benefit from people like that and really learn about the life of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So again, I say this is a message for myself and for all of you that in this month, let's take, there's not many days left, there's 20 days left of the month, if that. In this month, we take a book of seerah and we really get to know our Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and understand his life. So I pray Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala grants us all the ability to act upon what has been said.